Greetings, and welcome to Etzheim's weekly podcast, recorded live in Richardson, Texas. We invite you now to join us for one of our synagogue's Shabbat messages. Hallelujah. Um, so Yeshua was saying, if you want to know when I'm coming back, keep an eye on Israel. You look for, that, for Israel to bloom and blossom. Uh, you know, that uh, picture, if you could show the one that you guys have, the big one here, the this, uh, Sea of Galilee, our, our, our picture, you'll see how beautiful and green it is. It's absolutely amazing uh, where the desert turned into a garden. In fact, just to give you a little perspective, there's a hill right next to us here. And in the late 1800s, Mark Twain was on that hill and he was looking at this site, but it looked totally different. Uh, there, it was, the sea was a marsh and there was malaria. There were absolutely, there was nothing green. And uh, Mark Twain said it was the most desolate place in all the earth. <laughs> you know, God said that when he would begin to bring the Jewish people back home to the land of Israel, because he scattered them throughout the whole earth. When he would bring them back home, that they would come to a barren and desolate land. And that's exactly what happened. But as they came, they came in waves. God would bring a wave of the Jewish people home and he would bring rain. Another wave and more rain and more rain. And this desert began to bloom and blossom and turn into a garden. Now, this began to happen about 150 years ago. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's been a, a process. But Yeshua says the generation that sees that, well, that's kind of hard. Generation doesn't last 150 years. So maybe he was talking about something a little bit deeper. You know, in scripture, it says that the physical precedes the spiritual. And I think that's exactly what's happening here. The physical greening of the land precedes the spiritual greening. What do I mean by that? Well, you know, in Ezekiel 36, God says that he will gather his people from the four corners of the earth, from all the places where he scattered them and bring them back to the land that he gave to our forefathers. And then he says, once they're in the land, that he will sprinkle clean water upon them and will cleanse them from all their filthiness. And he will take out that heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh, a heart to follow after him. And he says that he will put his spirit in him, in them, and he will be their God and they will be his people. That's exactly what's happened. God has brought a physical people, the Jewish people, back to a physical land. But now that they're in the land, he's opening their hearts to see him. You know, if you think about that, Jesus came to his own people and his own people rejected him. That's pretty amazing when you think about that. You know, the king of the universe would come to his own people and they say, no, we don't want you. Did that surprise Yeshua, though? No, he wasn't surprised at all because he knew that had to happen because of their rejection of him. Then the gospel, the story of Yeshua, then went throughout the whole world. And God scattered the Jewish people throughout the whole world. But now God is bringing the people back physically. And God said there would come a time that because the way he, the, they, the reason they rejected him was because God had blinded their, their eyes and their hearts to see Yeshua. But there would come a time when he would take those blinders off and he would soften their heart. And that time is now. This is what we want. We want to share about, you know, we made Aliyah. Uh, to Israel 18 years ago, and there wasn't an openness to the gospel. Those blinders were very strongly in place. In fact, when we would try to share the gospel, people would be upset. They didn't want to hear. And that's been the case for, for so many years. But in 2007, there began to be a change 
Uh, in fact, I remember going to meetings with leaders in the land that say something's going on. All of a sudden, people are wanting to hear about Yeshua. But it was starting kind of low and slow. And from that time, it began to grow like an exponential curve. You know how it starts kind of like this and low and slow. And then it gets to a point and it just explodes and goes through the roof. We're past that explosion point. This is what we want to talk to you about today. Some amazing news in the land of Israel. Hallelujah. Yeah, there's a lot to tell. Um, Praise God. So there's another picture um, after the family picture. We're going to share with you a few different ways that we're seeing the change in Israel. This is part of the media team we work with. Uh, The young man to my left is our older son, Ariel. And the young man on the far right is our younger son, Avi Asher. And then Sasha, and then Eliel, Jordan, Ari, and Yoni. Great guys. It's really a privilege to work with them. But first, let me me give you a little bit of a history, um, just to understand. So this is a booklet that uh, Richard and our son Ariel wrote. It's called Alt-TV, Supernatural, or Just Remarkable. Because in Israel, you know, you can't start off the conversation with, hey, Yeshua's Lord, and and, and you need to know him. It doesn't quite work that way uh, in Israel. Because of the Holocaust, many Jewish people view God through a lens of the Holocaust, and they don't want to hear about him. They'll say, how can there be a God who loves us when six million of us perished? And that's a tough question. There's no easy answer. Um... And so we, but I lost family in the Shoah as well, so I understand. But if we look at the history from Abraham all the way through today, we see how faithful God is to keep his promises. And so that's the purpose of this book. It explains how faithful God is to keep his promises. The Father doesn't talk about the Son. So it's a great tool that you can give. Um, to your loved ones if, if they are searching. Um, we brought some in English <laughs> in case you, the Hebrew is hard. We have some in Hebrew though too. Uh, so um, we've given thousands of these away in Israel for free in Russian and Hebrew. And so this is one of our outreach tools. So um, what happened was about Quite a few years ago, we took some comments, some of the prophecies and their fulfillments from this booklet, and we put them in Hebrew on Facebook. And um, we saw within a uh, three-month period, we had 24,000 hits on social media. And we thought, wow, okay, well, we need to change the way we do things, doing things. By the way, Mark just passed out uh, a list, because... I could stand here and share testimonies all day, and I'm not going to do that. Um, But we'll start one list here and one in the middle and and one over here. So thank you, Mark. Because we have so many testimonies to share. So we have a newsletter that comes out once a month. Um, It's not political news. If you're looking for that, you'll have to go somewhere else. Um, Political news is too depressing anyway. We like to share good news from Israel and how God is moving on the hearts of the people today. So um, what happened was after this, these 24,000 hits over three months, Richard and Ariel went to filmmaking school 
and made a short clip called Isaiah 53, The Forbidden Chapter. Now, I know probably a lot of you have seen that. Um, it went viral, reached like 12 million. Yeah, actually, well, you know, Isaiah 53 is the best description of Jesus in the whole Bible, and it was written 700 years before he was born. Uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful description. It's so good that the rabbis have taken it out of the parashah readings uh, each each week, and we you don't have it, so it's not really exposed. So we, with their film crew, we went out and, and interviewed people and asked them, "Would you like to read something from the Bible that the rabbis don't want you to read?" You can imagine their response. Of course, yes. <laughs> and uh, as you see the, the video, you can just see them falling in love with Yeshua, just those blinders, uh, you know, coming off their eyes. And so we got that video went viral, 12 million people. And you can imagine the responses that we had from it. Some of them not so good. A lot people. of curses. We even get death threats for what we're doing. Yeah. Uh, but it just opened their hearts and their eyes they begin to to get a glimpse of who Yeshua is. And so they have lots of questions wanting to know. So they call us up and can you come to a, can we meet and have coffee at a cafe or can we speak privately on so many things at the beginning, we tried to keep up with it with our family, but we couldn't do it. So we had to hire young men and women just uh, like these guys to, to help us. And so what's actually happened, it, uh, we went from just our family to five to seven uh, to 12. And just this week, we put on two new uh, evangelists. Why? Because we can't keep up with it. My son told me, he said, Dad, out of all the Israelis that are wanting to know about the Lord, we can only speak to 10% of them because we just don't have enough workers. Yeah. What does that remind you of in scripture? The fields are ready for harvest, but the workers are few. Beseech the Lord of the harvest to send workers into his harvest. Remember the scripture I said a while ago that Jesus came to his own and his own uh, rejected him. So he knew at that time there wouldn't be great numbers coming uh, to know him because it wasn't the right time. It wasn't the appointed time. Uh, but he said he knew that there would come a time in the future where there would be such an openness and such a, an outpouring that there would not be enough workers. And we're here to tell you that time is now. It's we happening. We are really in that time. So in other words, you're seeing, just to put this in perspective, what you're seeing in the news today, the bad news about what's happened in Afghanistan is unbelievable. And just all, all the things that are happening in the world today. I mean, basically, we've equipped the Taliban. I can't believe it. But anyway, um, there is a lot of bad news. But we're here to tell you there's good news happening in Israel. The blinders are coming off. I'm going to share with you some more testimonies. One thing that... Uh, so, so anyway, so with the team, we've been making these videos, and there are a lot of them. You can visit them at our son's website, which is Tree of Life Israel. It's easy to remember. Just remember the name of your congregation and add an Israel to it. So Tree of Life Israel, they have, we have some on our website as well. Basically, we're, we're mom and dad to the team, and we raise their salaries. <laughs> because we can't ask these young men to volunteer. They're all married, they have young children, and, and they can't travel, but we can. So, um, but they made a film last year uh, at the height of coronavirus that um, it's called Overcoming Fear and Anxiety. And that 
one also went viral in Israel. It's only in, most everything we do as far as our videos are only in Hebrew with Hebrew subtitles. Um, but we have uh, one tonight that we're going to share with you, uh, or this morning, that's um, in English. Um, one thing that's been kind of new uh, that the Lord put on Ariel's heart was a real passion to save babies' lives. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but in Israel today, there is a silent holocaust. Um, in the army, all, all kids serve three years each. Our, our boys, Ariel did three years in intelligence. Avi was three years in um, special forces in um, Golani, Sayeret. And, and so all the boys do three years, all the girls do two years. And it used to be during those two years, they gave each girl two free abortions. But that wasn't enough. They had to increase it to three. And, and so this is, part of it is the language, okay? Like in English, you have two different words. You have uh, a spontaneous abortion, a miscarriage, which is nobody's fault. It, it happens. And then you have abortion, which is taking the life of an innocent child. But in Hebrew, it's one word, hapala, and it means the same thing. So Israelis don't differentiate between the two. They'll just say it's, it's just a piece of tissue, and, and abortion is, it's easy. Just go to the doctor and get it done, and then, you know, you're done. They don't associate it with taking a life. So we made this film, and it basically shows what an abortion does. And if you know anything about it, I mean, in the, in the video, it's kind of in cartoon or graphic style. Um, they show in the womb, they cut off the arms, they cut off the head. It's disgusting. And, and Israelis have never seen this before. And so they're watching this going, oh, this is an abortion? We didn't know that. And so this film came out uh, over four months ago. We already have three million, over three million views, um, and it's only in Hebrew. We're, if you sign up for our newsletter today, when the English one is ready, we'll send you that. Um, just as an example, one young man called and said, "You know, several years ago, my girlfriend got pregnant, and she and I wanted to keep the baby, but she just went ahead and got an abortion and didn't even tell me." And so he went into a depression. He called our hotline, by the way. We, we have a pro-life hotline now. And when he called and ca talked to the counselor, he said, I saw the video. And when I saw what happened, what happens in an abortion, I, I understood why I went into a depression. This is what they did to my baby. And he just couldn't handle it. He said, I need to talk with someone. And so he met with one of the counselors, and he ended up praying to receive the Lord. Because only in Yeshua, that's the only place we find peace. So we'd like to share this clip with you. It's, you'll see it's Ariel, uh, our older son. He's the director of Tree of Life Israel, and his wife, Shayla. Some of the stories we're about to share with you cause me to weep tears of joy because it's so overwhelming and beautiful to see what God is doing here in Israel. In just the last few months, several million Israelis have heard the gospel and the pro-life message, and God is using it to transform lives. A man named Yaron called us recently. He'd been watching videos about Jesus, Yeshua. He read the New Testament on his own and came to the conclusion that Yeshua is his Messiah and Savior. 
He even wanted to get baptized immediately and excitedly asked, can I do it by myself? But then he shared an inner fear that is holding him back. How will his wife and his religious Jewish family react? He's quite certain that she will leave him. Our team member, Eliel, read to him the words of Yeshua from Matthew 10 about the cost of following him, including possibly losing one's family, but also the reward of eternal life in him. We never know how people will respond to this difficult truth. But Yaron's reaction was surprisingly positive. He said, these verses are emotionally moving. He also said, inside my heart, I know this is the right thing to do, and I can't escape that. So he decided to move forward with it. We connected him with a local congregation to baptize and disciple him. An Orthodox Jewish lady, Yasmin, called us a while ago. She said, I felt something inside of me urging me to call you for several weeks. She told us how she saw our Isaiah 53 video, and it stirred something in her heart. She'd never heard this kind of message before. She showed the video to her husband, but he immediately got upset and told her to shut it off. Yet still, for several months, she would call at least once a week, and our team member Yoni would answer her questions. Each time they read through different scriptures, especially the prophecies about the Messiah. And she kept asking for prayer in Yeshua's name. At a certain point, Yoni connected her with Hannah, a deaconess of a local congregation who has a similar background. After several more conversations, Yasmin declared, I have decided that I now believe in Yeshua. So I went out and got a full Bible, including the New Testament, and put it on our living room table. In her community, she could find herself in dangerous waters after doing something like this. So that really took a lot of courage. Please pray for Yaron, Yasmin, and many others like them, that they would stand strong, even when they'll likely face tremendous pressure from their families, and that they would stay connected with the body of Messiah so that they can grow as disciples of the Lord. Recently, as our team shared what God has been doing through our pro-life and gospel campaign, I started to weep tears of joy. For most people, if they get to be involved in saving just one person's life, it's an experience they'll never forget for their whole life. But God gives the privilege to take part in saving five babies from abortion in just one week, and 25 babies since we launched the campaign just a few months ago. Galia from Jerusalem had already set up an appointment with a governmental committee that gives approvals for abortion in Israel. They approved 99.3%. But then, our ad popped up. She decided to call our helpline and our counselor, Roberta, answered. Roberta has a burning passion to save lives and often fasts, prays, and perseveres in showing God's love and sharing the truth, all so that women will choose life. After speaking with Roberta on the very day of her committee appointment, Galia decided not to go, but rather to keep her baby. As if that story wasn't dramatic enough, we also got a call from Yael, who already had an appointment set for an abortion in just a few hours. She was full of anxiety, thinking she wouldn't be able to take care of a child. Our counselor, Renee, told her, Yael, if God gives you a child, then he'll give you everything you need to go with the baby. She shared with her how we could also help her practically through our partners. Yael said that she'd think about it. A little while later, we received her decision. She said, thank you so much. Now all the confusion is gone. I've canceled the abortion appointment. We know that God is doing miracles like these because you're praying. So we'd like to ask for your prayers for wisdom and strength for our counselors dealing with difficult calls at all hours of the day. Please also pray for our two new video testimonies we're about to release as part of our pro-life and gospel campaign, that they reach millions in Israel and around the world and have a deep impact. That's not all. We're also working on several new evangelistic videos, street interviews, an apologetic series, and more. Please pray for guidance and anointing so that these will touch many lives for God's glory. There's 
so many more beautiful stories of God's redemptive work here in Israel. If you'd like to get all of them, including the ones we don't share by video, then please sign up for our newsletter on our website, treeoflifeisrael.org. Shalom from Israel. And God bless. I just want to add, as you can see, they are Tree of Life Israel. We are Heart of God Ministries, and in conjunction with Keilata Carmel, that's the congregation that we all go to near Haifa. It's uh, founded by David and Karen Davis, um, so that's that's the home. Yeah, <laughs> praise the Lord. You know the the video our. Uh when we had our campaign for the gospel and, and pro-life video that we ended up uh, sharing in Hebrew to uh, Israelis, over 3 million Israelis uh, have seen that, which is, uh, you know, quite amazing. And remember what Carolyn said earlier, that when we first started, uh, we had the hits over three months, 24,000 hits. Guess how many hits that we're getting today? 45,000 per day. Per day. Think, think, about, think that. about that for a minute. <laughs> I mean, that, we're, that blew us away when Ariel told yeah, us that. And, and what's even but it's more telling is that we've had 150,000 Israelis come to our, our uh, Hebrew sites, websites. 150,000. They're wanting to know more about Yeshua and they're searching. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about you, but that blows, that blows me away. Absolutely, you know, amazing what's taking place. Um, so we want to share with you a, a, another uh, way that the Lord has shown us uh, for the gospel to go forth. You know, since COVID has begun, we've seen a 50% increase uh, in the amount of poverty uh, in the land. In fact, they say that 30% of the population is at or below the poverty line. So you can see there's a real need for humanitarian aid. And so we've been able, if you can put a, a, a slide pictures. up. Uh, you can you can describe that this one the the one uh, that you're uh, making the salads and so forth. Uh, yeah, it's... that's not making salads. <laughs> You'll see them standing around a table. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Uh, every Thursday, I've been going up to Tzfat or Safed. It's the city on a hill that uh, Yeshua talked about, uh, definitely hiding its light under the table. Uh, It's the birthplace of Kabbalah. It's a very dark place. But the young woman in the back with the baby, that's our religious daughter, Shana. And so she she and another lady started this soup kitchen. And in the summer, we make salads. In the winter, we make soup. I've had the privilege of working with them every Thursday. They're all Orthodox Jews, and most of them know that I'm a Messianic Jew. Um, and most of them hasn't bothered, but while we've been on this trip, I got a phone call from Shana who said, mommy, you can't come to the soup kitchen anymore. A couple of the people, uh, got really upset that there was a believer in the group and said, no, she's going to convert us all to Christianity. And it's like, first of all, I didn't convert to Christianity. And I hope that's not offensive to Christians here, but Think about it. Yeshua never converted to Christianity. He he didn't come to found a new religion. If anything, you all are grafted into the commonwealth of Israel. So we're all we're all one in Messiah, and that's that's all that matters. (laughs) Amen. But anyway, so they got nervous, and so they threw me out. That happens a lot, um, by the way. 
I used to be, uh, a number of years ago, I was in a blues band with three Russian Jewish believers. We would sing the blues in Hebrew at New Age festivals. And we did that for about five years till we got kicked out. So, you know, you just do what you can. And if they throw you out, then go find something else. So there are plenty of soup kitchens in Israel. I'll yeah. just go find another one. <laughs> Actually, yeah, we uh, there's many ways that we're able to do this. Sometimes we uh, deliver uh, groceries, sometimes a hot meal, sometimes salads. Sometimes we give them uh, cards to go uh, uh, yeah, for the grocery store and so forth. Uh, but what happens is we're able to do it on a regular basis and make a connection with the people and can really get get to know them. Uh, and so one particular day when we uh, went out and sharing the food and so forth, five Israelis gave their hearts to the Lord. Yeah, it was that, amazing. That is, that, that's probably the reason why uh, I got kicked out was because I don't advertise that I'm a believer. I'm just hanging out with the people, speaking English to some, Hebrew to others. But um, when I'm, it, like you said, one-on-one and seeing the same people over and over, like, you know, there's a rabbi's wife who I talk with a lot, and she's very close, but it's dangerous. It's like, like Ariel said in, in the video, um, they can find themselves in dangerous waters when they're searching like that. But this is where... You all, the prayers of the saints make such a difference. And in case you haven't noticed, we're giving you a lot of prayer points today. (laughs) We want to share with you something we're really excited about. It's a new way of sharing the gospel that uh, really is an amazing thing. It's, It's God's idea, okay? First of all, we're not that smart to have thought this up. But what happened was... um, Two friends, two men who I have great respect for, Dean Bai from Return Ministries, uh, it's an, a pro-Aliyah ministry, and Dr. John Melinde from uh, Uganda, who I had the privilege of meeting when I was there a few years ago. Uh, they said, they, these two men got together and said, it's time. It's time to develop a 24-7 virtual online altar of prayer for Aliyah and for Israel, for all the nations to be able to log on at any time and keep the fire on the altar burning. Um, and so they, um, yeah, they, they said they divided it into three-hour shifts. So Dean actually called me and said, we, we want you to take a shift. So I asked the Lord, do you want me to do this? And he showed me when. He said, uh, every Wednesday at the ninth hour, which is spiritually significant. Um, So my shift is is from 3 to 6 p.m. Israeli time, which is 7 to 10 p.m. here, right? So, um, and and you can jump on there if you want. Uh, It's actually a lot of fun. So initially, what the Lord showed me to do was, you know, stay at home with my laptop, um, set it up, and, and just do prophetic worship, and the intercessor, it's all on Zoom. So it's very participatory, and the intercessors just come on and, and pray. And, and then he showed me to, to set up a ladder on our back porch with that view that you saw. And so the people can prophesy over the land or just proclaim scripture. And uh, did that, I did that with them for like months. And, and then a few months ago, I was in Jerusalem visiting our youngest daughter, Eliana. And um, 
I knew I wouldn't make it home in time for my prayer shift. And it's a commitment that I made. So, um, And then I felt the Lord say, don't get on the bus, just walk. I thought, okay. So I began to walk the streets of Jerusalem and I had my phone with me. And I was looking at the intercessors and... Um, yeah, uh, we were praying, and actually, one of the first buildings we came to was the Sachnut, the Jewish agency. Can't think of a better place to pray for Aliyah, <laughs> since they're partly responsible for who gets in and who doesn't. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, um, then I felt the Lord say, continue to walk, but turn your phone out. And I thought, oh, okay. And, but what he was saying is, let the intercessors see what you're seeing. So I continued to walk the streets of Jerusalem and, and with the intercessors like this. And I just came up to an older man and with what turned out to be his daughter. And I just held out my phone to them and said, These are Christians from around the world who love Israel. So the man took my phone and said, Oh, come to Israel. We need you. <laughs> it was so cute. And, and then um, one of the intercessors asked them, is there anything we can pray for you? And so it turns out that there was. And um, the, the woman who's, this is an older man, this is his daughter, the younger son, they want him to come and, and be with family in, in the grandfather's final days. So the, right there on the street, they were able to pray for this man. Another time, I was in uh, Zichron Yaakov, and I went to the first Aliyah Museum, um, which is a wonderful place uh, to go pray for Aliyah. So I was giving the intercessors a tour, and I had my phone out like this. Well, the docent saw me, and so she just came over and just took my phone. It's very Israeli. Just, yeah, go ahead, take my phone. And, and, and she began to fill in some of the gaps. She thought I was a tour leader. Um, that's usually what happens. Most, most Israelis think I'm a tour leader, but I'm not. Um, and, uh, and she began to fill in some of the gaps. And um, suddenly, one of the intercessors from California began to bless her. Just bless her. And she, was, she put her hand over her heart. And she turned to me and said, Mia Anashima Ele, who are these people? <laughs> and so I was able to tell her. These are Christians who love Israel. It's almost like God is using this to rewrite history. You know, I grew up in an Orthodox synagogue near Chicago. And I grew up hearing that Christians hated me. And so I thought all my life, okay, they hate me, I hate them. And that was it. When I was a hippie in my hippie days and living in Mexico, uh, I had a vision of Yeshua. And that's how I came to faith. And... So it's like, but I still carried that hatred. And it wasn't until the Lord led me, because I was a secret believer for four years. It wasn't until four years later, the Lord led me to a Messianic congregation. And there I found out that Christians don't hate me. That truly born-again Christians actually love the Jewish people and love Israel. And I had never heard that in my life. So I went through a healing and a deliverance. And, and now, obviously, I love Christians. I'm married to one, okay? Uh, and we are a prophetic picture of one new man in Messiah. And that is the heart of God, that he loves us all. 
So, so this is, yeah, there's another example of, of meeting on the streets. Another time, uh, Richard and I were up in, uh, this is what we do basically now. We wake up on Wednesday mornings and we just say, we just wait on the Lord. Say, okay, Lord, show us where you want us to go. We can go anywhere in the land by three o'clock. And um, he gives marching orders. And so one time we went up to Roshanikra, where the grottos are, if you've been to Israel. How many of you have been to Israel? Wow, beautiful. How many of you want to go to Israel? <laughs> Hallelujah. Yom Achad, one day. You'll be living there for all eternity, you know? Yeah. So um, we love to give these to Israeli soldiers. These are Psalm 91 bandanas. Tehillim Tzadik Aleph. And I met uh, the bandana ladies actually from here in Dallas. Uh a long time ago, she asked me if I would distribute her bandanas, which are red, white, and blue, and have Psalm 91 in English on them. And when she asked me, would you distribute these in Israel? I said, no way. <laughs> I mean, they, they have to be this color. Because um, like when our son Avi was in, in the Shetach, in the Special Forces, even their underwear has to be this color. Okay? So... <laughs> So I, I told her that, you know, it has to be in Hebrew, has to be this color. She just gave us the rights. So we're the main distributors of these in Israel. And, and we brought a bunch of them today. And we don't want to take them home with us. So <laughs> get some. Um, so anyway, love giving these to our soldiers. So with this one example, we were up on the Lebanese border. And we saw a big van with two soldiers and so I just walked up to them with my phone. I have no problem doing this, by the way. And, and told them, these are Christians who love Israel and they're praying for you. The, the soldier in the passenger seat was so excited. He jumped out of the van. He opened the back door, revealing a whole pluga of soldiers, a, a whole unit of, of combat soldiers. And so then the intercessors went right to work. Uh, the, the one lady from Canada began to bless them. The lady from Uganda, wow, she's amazing. She prayed such a prayer over these young men. They had their hands on their hearts and they were just blown away. So do you see what this is though? This, like I said, I'm not smart enough to think up something like this. It's like online intercession with evangelism right there on the streets. So if the Lord leads you to join us, um, it's just altarofprayer.com. Richard, why don't you share about this one? Um, It is, uh, you just have to register your name and email first, and you can tell them you're friends of ours, and they'll let you in. This is in front of the grocery stores. You can see Carolyn showing uh, the intercessors there, and he's uh, really interested. So, he, but he, he wants to know, you know, are, are you guys Jewish? You know, and he, so he asked, uh, "Well, do you follow the Ten Commandments?" And I said, "Well, we try to." And I said, "How about you? Have you ever broken one?" <laughs> Which was a perfect segue into the uh, uh, into the gospel, because you know, well, I said, you know, that's called sin. And sin separates us from God. But God made a, a, a provision uh, for us. He sent Yeshua. And if we uh, ask for forgiveness, he will take our sins. Uh, and, and we don't have to have that separation from the Father. Uh, 
Um, and so it, it was, we, we made a real connection with Moshe. That was really special. Another time I was uh, in the streets and I met a young woman named Michaela and began to share with her. And when I got to that, got to that point of where I asked her if uh, she ever reads the Ten Commandments, um, she said, yeah. So I asked her, have you ever broken one? And she said, no. So I said, well, you just broke one. Uh, I mean, you just lied. And so we're very direct in Israel. And, and so she said, well, I've told little lies. You know, I said, doesn't matter. Sin is sin. Chet. It's, it's sin. And it, it's, it does, like Richard said, it separates us from the Father. And only through the Son is, there, is that bridge back to the heart of the father. And so she listened for a while and I was able to share Messiah with her. And at the end of the conversation, she just sat for a minute. And then she looked at me and said, where can I get a new Testament? And so this is, this is what we're seeing. It's not very long. Uh, it's about the great Jewish leader. Actually, what we did, we'd go out into the, the streets and interview people and talk with them. And we'd say, we're going to tell you about a great Jewish leader. Some of the things that he did, the words that he had to say, the impact that he had. And we'd like for you to guess who it is. Uh, and so what they're, what they're reading is, of course, the New Testament, you know. But they don't know that they're reading the New Testament. And so they're guessing, oh, that's, that's Rambam, you know. <laughs> talking about some great, you know, rabbi. Uh, and, and what's happening is when they can actually see what Yeshua said and get to know him without, you know, uh, those blinders in their eyes, they're just falling in love with, with Yeshua. So you'll see it here in this video. It's called Make a Difference. The majority of Jewish people have been blinded from recognizing their own Messiah. Because of events like the Crusades and the Holocaust, Many Israelis are disillusioned with God and have a distorted picture of who Jesus really is. What if we could see Yeshua, Jesus, without all the cultural accoutrements? What if we could see him for the very first time? What would our response be? now is the time that God is opening the eyes of his people in Israel like never before. Make a difference. Help us tell his story here in Israel. We need a person like him in our generation. Or I wish I knew him. Uh, you know, we, just a few years ago, you wouldn't have seen anything like this. So you can see, you know, why, we're, why we are excited about what God is doing. Uh, you know, I know that you guys being a Messianic congregation, you really understand how important it is uh, that the Jewish people are... are 
beginning to see their Messiah. Because remember when Jesus was standing in Jerusalem and he was speaking to the Jewish people and he said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how many times have I wanted to gather you in my arms as a hen gathers her chicks, but you would not allow me. You will not see me until you say, Baruch Habab Shem Adonai. Yeshua is saying, I'm not coming back until the Jewish people can welcome me back and say, welcome are you who comes in the name of the Lord. So we're beginning this. Those blinders are coming off. The hearts are being softened. They're, uh, we're beginning to see the, the, uh, the eyes open. So it's, it's really an exciting time. You know what it reminds me of? Remember when Joseph was standing before his brothers and the brothers didn't recognize Joseph? Because he had on Egyptian headdress, maybe Egyptian makeup. He was speaking Egyptian. uh, And they didn't recognize who he was until Joseph revealed himself to his brothers. And that's exactly what's happening today. Jesus, Yeshua, is revealing himself to his brothers. This is the appointed time. This is the time that we've been waiting for. It's an exciting time. And you guys can make a difference. I guess, did you pass out some? Yeah, I think... I don't think I brought in enough from the car. Yeah, we have some little. Uh, uh, we have cards. our little ministry cards. If you can put that in on your refrigerator you... and pray for the harvest. Also, we want to give you a challenge with those ministry with our little cards. Uh, Just real quick, I wanted to say about the cards. Maybe okay. if you take one per family, uh, we don't have enough we'll, for the no, kids. No, we'll run to the car and get. Yeah, get you can more get some them. from us in the back. Yeah. Um, if you can, uh, we want to give you a challenge. Every day at 10.02, the alarm goes off on my phone. And when it goes off, we just say, Here I am, Lord, send me. Try that. Set your alarm. It's in 10.02 in response to Luke 10.2, which Richard quoted earlier. If you tell the Lord you're available, you're willing to go to the harvest field, he'll bring the people for you. He'll do the heavy lifting. You don't have to go looking. Um, I, I can guarantee you that, because that, that's what's happened with us. We don't go out and looking for people. God brings them. Yes. He brings the ones with soft and tender hearts. Yeah. And, and he's looking for more people who will say, here I am, send me. Yeah, Luke 10, 2, the fields are ready for harvest, but the workers are few. And then the, Yeshua says, to beseech the Lord of the harvest to send workers into his harvest. And what we need for the, for the, for in our ministry for that to happen, of course, is prayer. Just like Carolyn said, we just we covet your prayers, people that will intercede for us for this time that we live in to really understand that and to really connect. And then also to, to help financially, because that's what we need to, to get more and more workers. And what blesses us the most is if you can give on a regular basis, if God leads you that way. And the, the best way to do that is just if you have a check, you can write void on that or a deposit slip and just put the amount you'd like to give on a, a, a monthly basis. Uh, and you're in complete control of that. You can increase it when you want or decrease it or start it or stop it as, as God uh, leads you. But you can make a difference. This is a unique time that we live in. We've never seen anything like this before. And if you would like to be part of what God is doing with these prophecies being fulfilled right before our eyes, we'd like to invite you to join with us. You can also go to our website and, and see how you can connect with us. Yes. So we also want to uh, share with you these uh, flyers. Um, Richard uh, created these, and they are 
You can feel free to take them. Actually, what we want to do, I'm going to leave the rest of these in Dallas with you all. Um, it talks about Aliyah. It's just to encourage Aliyah. If anybody feels led to go to the Jewish Community Center here or maybe a Jewish deli or bakery or give to your Jewish son-in-law, whatever, um, it doesn't talk about Yeshua. It just talks about uh, come home. It talks about the historic pattern of Aliyah and and just it's a little wake-up call. Um, So, yeah, these are some of the sites. Also, just want to briefly share with you... um, we brought our outreach materials with us. And so if anyone's interested, it's Shabbat. So we, we don't sell them anyway. Everything is just a suggested donation. So if, if you want to make a donation to the ministry, then please take some CDs. We don't want to take them home with us. <laughs> um, and, um, and if you don't have a CD player, we understand. We're, I'm on iTunes and all that stuff too. And we have these bandanas and booklets. So... Um, We'll be in the back. We'll be happy to answer any questions. In fact, I feel like, does anybody have any questions, just real quick? Or do you have anything that you want to say, like, what's a takeaway? What what impressed you today? Um, what is God speaking to you? Anybody have anything like that? Okay, how many, the question is, how many rabbis have come to faith? I have had conversations with many rabbis. Um, I go hitchhiking. By the way, this is how you hitchhike in Israel, in case you ever want to know. Not this, but this. Um, And there is a searching, and there are some who have found Messiah. But uh, like what happened to me, I lost my family. They, They disowned me. And so it's... Potentially very dangerous uh, when people come to faith, especially Orthodox. But we are seeing many Orthodox Jews come to faith, some rabbis as well. Are we? Oh, okay. This is kind of a sad story. Are we broadcasting on Shalanu? You know the story of what happened with TV Shalanu. Um, they were going to use, our videos were a good portion of what they were going to broadcast. The TV station on Hot, which is like the biggest, one of the biggest providers for just secular TV in Israel. And um, many, many Christians came against Shalanu. And because, I don't know why. And so because of that, it got shut down. Um, The main Christians who came against it were those who were working with Orthodox Jews. They didn't want to jeopardize their position, I guess. But it didn't make any sense to me. But anyway, it's gone more underground. It's more like a cable TV. Like it's not one of the main stations. Uh, Yeah, but it's very hard to find. Um, so it's kind of sad. So, but we, what we do, and this is where the support really helps us, we actually buy ads because if you know anything about Google or YouTube or Facebook, if you don't buy ads to keep your um, videos out there, they just disappear within a week. 
and they're gone and nobody sees them. But because we buy those ads, we keep them out in the forefront and that's how we get all those hits. And that's how we get all the reactions and all the divine appointments with Israelis. So, yeah. Any other questions? So we just want to bless you. Um, and we'll see you at the Oneg or we'll see you at the table. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and grant you peace. In the name of Yeshua, our Messiah, we bless you from the Galilee. Shalom. Shabbat shalom.